Hola, amiga. I believe the only way to create a life of your dreams is by taking massive action that makes shit happen. Basically, amiga, handle your shit. Yes, I said that. Handle your shit. Stop playing small and start breaking down cultural limitations, gain back your feminine power, and become the unapologetic and unstoppable Latina you were destined to be. This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little badass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Welcome back, amigas, to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. I'm excited to introduce our next guest. Her name is Rachel Barbosa, and she serves as the city manager for the city of South Amante, where she oversees all city departments that include finance, parks and recreation, senior services, transportation, human resources, risk management, public works, public safety, emergency management, community development, planning, and any and all policy and compliance related needs. Her role includes the development and implementation of citywide and departmental goals, objectives, policies, procedures, and priorities, while also making recommendations for the solution of various management challenges in the city. Rachel previously served as the District Director of the San Gabriel Valley and Homeless Policy Deputy for Supervisor Hilda L. Solis, where she helped facilitate the support for and implementation of Measure H, among other revenue-generating measures for transportation and park improvement. She served as the first district delegate on the San Gabriel Valley Council of Governments and as a delegate on the successor agency oversight boards for the cities of Azusa, Montebello, and Pico Rivera. Similarly, she joined Supervisor Mark Ridley Thomas at the beginning of his L.A. County tenure and served in various areas of his administration, including county board, meeting operations, administrative management, district field representation, and staff liaison to the Empowerment Congress Seniors Committee. She excelled at building partnerships with stakeholders and joint authority coalitions in South L.A. to improve public safety and accessibility and understanding of the vast county system. Her experience in the private sector includes earning her Series 6 and 63 licenses while working in the Mutual Funds Marketing Department at a Los Angeles-based investment firm that was founded by a female who is a leader in the fixed income and mutual fund investment industry. 
She was raised in San Gabriel Valley, and Rachel was a child from a once homeless family who grew into a strong young woman and overcame the challenges of teen parenthood. Now, as a seasoned professional, she uses her life experiences as a tool to better advocate for the underserved and has become a respected and resourceful problem solver. She is an active member of the Latina Golfers Association, where she recently received the annual Inspiration Award for enhancing the lives of girls and women by inspiring them to use golf as a business tool and as a fair way to education. Without further ado, this is Rachel Barbosa. Hello, 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 amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. I have some exciting news because I have a beautiful soul in front of me who, I mean, you're going to love her story because it is very unique and it's really about aligning with your deeper, complete self and really navigating the waters when hardship just comes at you one by one by one by one. So who is this chica, this lovely amiga? Her name is Rachel Barbosa, and she happens to be the city manager of South El Monte, which is located in Los Angeles County. For all of you amigas out there in the global arena, this is in LA, and uh, she is amazing, and I can't wait for you to hear her story. Of course, she's a city manager, so that entails a lot of work, a lot of discipline, and when you're in government life, there's a lot of restrictions and things that you can do, you can't do, and you can't say, and you could say. <laughs> so we're all going to talk about this. So, so amigas, this is my beautiful friend, Rachel Barbosa. How are you, amiga? Welcome Hi. to Amiga Handle Your Shit. <laughs> Thank you, Jackie. It is such a pleasure to be here. I love it. Oh, oh I've, my I've been listening. I've been listening to your podcast and some of my girls have been interviewed and it's just like, yeah. And, you know, I'm listening to other, other women who've shared their story and it is really empowering. So thank you for all the work you've done to put this together and bring all of us together. So you handled your shit, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You know, what an honor. Thank you so much for that. Cause you know, we all, sometimes we have this imposter syndrome, like really, is it really that, you know, powerful and blah, blah, blah. And I, and then I say, hell yeah, look at you, you know? And so I'm like, okay, thank you. Thank you. See people like you, Rachel, that are here sharing your story. And I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh my God. (laughs) Amigas out there. Her life is a telenovela. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) It's a telenovela. And I can't wait for you to start. Okay. Well, okay, so, so but before we start, yeah, I yeah. just want to put it out there and give kudos to the men who support and encourage and promote the chingonas in their lives. You know, yeah. that is so important. And um, so thank you, men, if you're listening or if your girls are listening, whatever. Thank you. They're awesome. <laughs> yes, they do. I do actually have some men that that do listen. It's, it's really nice to hear their side and soon I'll be interviewing men. I decided this year. So yes, yeah, yeah, it'll be really, really fun to have a male perspective on this podcast on how they see amigas handling their shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So we got a lot to to tackle today, my love. So okay. let's get started. So you, you're from the LA County, the LA area. I think it's the San, the San Gabriel Valley. Correct. So tell me, how was life growing up for you before you became the city manager of South El Monte? Okay, so I grew up in the city of Rosemead, lived there all of my childhood and most of my young adulthood. And my family was homeless when I was a kid. And a church family took us in. We lived in their family room for almost a year, my mother and her young four children. And so that's kind of where my memories begin living with that family. I'm still very close to them. The the mom and dad, they're like my Nino and Nina practically. You know, we're very, very connected and I love them so much. Their daughter is one of my dearest best friends. So she, you know, we, I, I love them and they did so much for us. And I grew up in church and our church family also really took care of us. My mom did not hesitate to ask for hand downs, hand me downs, handouts. Um, so I grew up on any government assistance that was available, you know, welfare, food stamps, WIC, whatever, you know, utility assistance. And so that is like my foundation. I really was immersed in this, this almost like um, survival mode as a child and just continued to build upon that was a tomboy. I couldn't afford, you know, keeping up with fashion and stuff. So I ended up just hanging out with the boys and was an athlete and just loved growing up with boys. I ran faster than them. I was stronger than them. And, you know, up until about middle school, then they started excelling and beating me. And I'm like, what's going on here? Oh, I'm a girl. That's right. You know, so (laughs) I started embracing my sort of girly side. And then I ended up getting pregnant at 15. So I was a teen mom of two. When I graduated high school, I was still playing sports, but I had two kids and I knew then that I was not going to raise my children in poverty and I was going to break that cycle. But I also knew that I should be helping to impact and affect change and improve access to resources for people like me. So I started volunteering with different groups and I started working on local campaigns at a young age and started establishing my network of my sisterhood who have been there for me for the last, you know, 25 years. In fact, I just saw one of my sisters, Teresa Samaniego from ABC7. Some of you may know who she is, but I was probably 19 when I met her and she kind of took me under her wing and just, you know, I, I started building my network of mentors who they would say, Hey, Rach, what are you, you know, what are you working on? I have this project. Okay. I'm there. And I would, I would prove myself. I was dependable. I was a hard worker. I had a full-time job, a part-time job. I was in college and I was a mother of two, a single mother of two, you know, toddlers. So that's a lot of shit to handle. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh my God. I'm like, yeah. okay. Cause I know you and I are basically the same age. Uh-huh. And while you were being a mom, I was doing other things. Like I was being a teenager, right? Yeah, so yeah. I'm sure like not only having your kids, but having to bust your ass to make something out of yourself, like that must've been very challenging. So there has to be this inner spirit, this guidance that you must've had to like hustle your way out of it. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was, it was my personal relationship with Christ. I drew on knowing that, you know, I could get through anything. I could do anything 
with Christ who strengthens me, right? And I'm not a very preachy religious person, but that is my core. That's my core. And so I valued that. I looked to that. I think that's where my resilience comes from. But again, I'm not like preachy or, I mean, if you know me and you know, any of my friends listening, they're going to be like, what? You know, because I'm <laughs> like, but, but here's the thing. It's, I agree with you because for me, there's no action that I take unless I am divinely led to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, and I let it be known, like, I believe in God, period, end of story. Now, that doesn't mean that you should believe in God or Allah or whatever. It doesn't matter. But there has to be some sort of divine guidance. Yes. It could be your higher self. It could yes. be a God. It could be something. But there has it to be, be your that, goddess right? or whatever, yeah. or universe, your connection. Right. Yeah. There is a force out there that is good. Yes. And that I just think that has led me through. And being able to connect with others who have similar aspirations and, and, you know, just feelings of resilience and we nurture each other. And that's what I love. I love connecting with other women who just are on the same, on the same page. That's awesome. That's where we find gold, you know, that's where our gold is and I love it. So, so yeah, I mean, and then I, and then I met this incredible man. I was a young single mother. He, he just got divorced. He was, you know, a, a single dad, although they shared their kids and our kids are about the same ages. And, um, we just connected and we had an incredibly amazing 20 year marriage. You know, we had our ups and downs and, but he, he pushed me, he encouraged me. He, he celebrated my career accomplishments and, and I also, you know, his, and he also worked in government. He was uh, 30 years on the sheriff's department. And I met him while I was volunteering for an elected official that covered South LA. Her name was Yvonne Brathwaite Burke. She was an LA County supervisor at the time. I met him because I was working with another girlfriend of mine, Ana Soto, who, who passed right a couple of years ago, but she was another one of my mentors. And uh, I'm all the way out there. I, I grew up in Rosemead. I'm living in Rosemead. I'm volunteering in Lenox, which is this little unincorporated an, an community by the airport, you know, LAX airport. And here comes this tall strapping deputy who's the good cop. He's a community cop. So he's helping this group put together a program for the local community on how to better access and understand what resources are available through the county system. It's pretty overwhelming. And I was 22 and I would bring my daughters with me, you know, to the meetings and stuff. And we met there and we just had an amazing love story, you know, amazing, 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 amazing. And then I lost him two years ago. He got sick and he was rushed to the hospital and he coded and then they brought him back. And so the following five weeks was just a very desperate attempt to get him a liver transplant and to keep him on earth with us, you know, and he, it was just his time, you know, so it was about a good five weeks. And so that um, was of course, devastating. I mean, I talk about it and I'm getting kind of, you know, like choked up. I could talk about it now without sobbing. I mean, although I still get my moments, but, um, I just, I'm telling you, I can't express or explain the adoration we both had for each other. And it didn't start out like that. You know, I mean, the first 10 years of our marriage was like, you know, challenging. I mean, (laughs) whatever, you know, I had my issues and, 
But then the last 10 years were just like, we coasted and it was awesome. And so now I find myself in a space of, I, right before he passed away, I was appointed city manager and I had working, I'd been working up to that point and I'm city manager for about, you know, two months and then he gets sick and I, I have to leave for about six weeks. And right as I was sort of getting a little bit familiar with a lot of the things I had inherited in this troubled little city, um, I had to leave, came back. And, you know, I think it was very therapeutic for me to just drown myself in work. I practically lived in my office. I was there morning and night, weekends, just really working my ass off. And then he was about to retire and he pulled his retirement papers and we were going to buy a cabin in Lake Arrowhead, you know, as our family retreat and vacation home. And after he passed away, I was convinced I still need to get our cabin. Our family still needs it. That's going to be, you know, dedicated to him. We will honor him. And I did. I mean, I, I then, so then I was working long hours and I'd go up on the weekends and work on the cabin. And I just really immersed myself in things to just keep my mind going, you know, and now two years later, I've, experienced love again at dating, whatever. And I'm a completely different person, different expectations, different value for life, you know, different pace of what I want when I know what I want and just continue to grow. I'm still growing, of course. Right. So that's, that's my personal. <laughs> that's my personal. <laughs> well, well, it's a lot, Amiga. Yeah. And um, thank you so much for sharing this beautiful story about your husband and you and um, want to hold space for you, you know, because grief is, is, can hit you sideways up, up and down and, and it's challenging. I mean, oh, and, I, I, and I really, really congratulate you for doing what you do best, which is to be resilient and to rise above the water. Right. Well, yeah. And I'm so proud of the marriage I had. I think a lot of my friends and my family, my children, my stepchildren, they honored us. They appreciated, valued, and longed for a marriage like mine. So I'm glad I was that example. In fact, I was at my cousin's MBA graduation this last weekend, her celebration. And her husband, as he's making a speech, he looked at me and said, Ernie, and that's my husband's name, Ernie was the reason why we're here today because when Tiffy and I would hang out with you guys, you inspired us. And every time we'd get in the car after leaving, we'd be like, couple goals, that's us. We have to get our <laughs> shit together. And he said, you guys, you don't even know how much you and Ernie inspired us you know, to do this. So he got his degree. She got her degree, then went right into master's. And I was bawling like, oh my God. you know, Ernie was a very special person and a lot of people are sad and miss him daily. He left a legacy on this earth that I'm proud of because I was a part of it. And I was the partner that he chose for the rest of his life, you know, and I, I'm happy and I'm, I'm grateful for that experience. And that's given me strength too, to move forward and to love hard the next guy, you know, cause there will be a next, I already know, like, you know, and so girl, I can't stay alone forever. Shoot. <laughs> I know we all need a little love, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and you were talking about legacy, that his legacy. So now that he's not here on earth in, in physical form, because he's still here spiritually, right? Yes. What will be your legacy? Mm. That's a good question. 
you know, it's funny. He would always say, Rach, you women, you guys are your worst enemies. You guys just don't know how to work together. And I would take offense to that. Like what? I love my girls. I am. Oh, hell no. So I almost, that has always just stayed with me. Like I will never, I mean, I will really try not to work against females in leadership roles or not. I am just so dedicated to promoting and supporting and encouraging other women. We are strong together. And we all need, I don't care how successful you are, how many degrees you have, how much money you make, how big your tits are. I don't care. We all need encouragement from each other. Mm-hmm. And Jackie, I, I've met you in circles. I mean, Ana Saceda, come on. She's like the queen, right? Yes. And all of the girls that we spend time with and Azucena with Latina Golfers Association, you know, these women have just brought these network, this network of amazing women together. And we are stronger because of that. And that I want that, you know, to be part of my legacy, you know, and and I have two daughters. I have, I have granddaughters now. I have three daughters that look up to me and I want to also inspire them to be strong women, you know, and to handle your shit. I don't want to hear hear the excuses. Just get up and get, get your shit done. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for that. And it's true. Oftentimes we women are our worst critic, you know, mm-hmm. and it's nice to have men say, Hey, you're handling it, girl. Don't push Rachel down. Don't downgrade Rachel. Right. Right. I am a shiny unicorn. You cannot take my shine away, bro. You know, don't even try to suppress me. And I will honor your strengths and everything you have going on too. You know, I mean, I just think, I think men who can't appreciate a woman like that have their own insecurities and issues that they have to work through. And, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So now that you're talking about unicorns and shining unicorns, (laughs) and I, and I really want to, you know, I, you're a unicorn, obviously. And so now if someone who wants to be a unicorn like you and go through the government side, yes. what must she do? How should she start? Well, and here's how our industry is evolving. Just even in the last five to 10 years, you took a look at the city managers and major influencers. In, and I'm just going to talk about the San Gabriel Valley. Older white men. That's it, right? And nothing against these guys, but taking a look now at the diversity and in age, in female, male, in race, the city managers in the San Gabriel Valley are all over the place. It's awesome. We're sprinkled in with, you know, men and women and different nationalities from Middle Eastern and Asian and Mexican. And, you know, I'm so proud when I, when we get together And when I look out there now to see how diverse we are and, but how connected we are, most of us are still very connected. There's a lot of information sharing. There's a camaraderie that we have to be supportive and share information, especially during the pandemic. My colleagues and I were constantly sharing how we're responding to this health order or this issue that came up in our, in our communities. And um, 
when the pandemic hit, I was just freshly, you know, a widow. I was a freshman city manager and I had a, my own little mentorship, you know, going on within, within San Gabriel Valley and a little bit abroad into the rest of the county. But I, I was able to tap into that because I started in local government on the county level. As I mentioned, I was volunteering for Yvonne Brathwaite-Burke. She was a county supervisor. When she announced that she was retiring, it was the first time in over 20 years that a county supervisor in L.A., was opening up a seat. So there was a huge race for that seat. I mean, it was crazy. You know, you had the five, the king and the kings and queens of the counties, what they used to refer to the, those five as. And then they voted in term limits. And so they were sort of going to be phasing out. But the first one up was going to take Yvonne Brathwaite Burke's seat. And I started working on the campaign for a man named Mark Ridley Thomas, who was a local state legislator at the time. I was in love with him from day one, as far as his very strategic policy initiatives and his style of strategizing and then following through with how he was going to change these systemic issues that have been holding our people back and down, right? So I was like, I'm all in. And I worked my ass off in his campaign. I had, you know, an ex- experience in the private sector in investments and finance. And then I dabbled in the sheriff's department and stuff. But at that time, I was like, I'm all in on this. I'm, I'm doing this. So when he was elected, he won by a huge margin, which we were all excited about. And that was the night that President Barack Obama was elected as well. So it was just so euphoric and amazing. And we were just, it was awesome. And he hired me and I started in his administration with him, onboarding into the county system. And we just came in and took this county and shook it up and sideways and upside down. And it was amazing. It was amazing. I was under the leadership of this doctor. You know, he's a, he's a doctorate and he was like the professor. And I was immersed in the most amazing drill camp of policymaking. I was just very blessed to have that opportunity. So as I continue to grow with him, my mother and my disabled, my adult disabled sister moved in with my husband and I, because we were empty nesters now, but we had extra bedrooms and we took in my mother and my disabled sister. So I couldn't be away from work so much. And I had to sort of be closer to home and he supported, you know, Hilda Solis was elected to this, the supervisorial position. And that was an, again, an amazing transition in LA County government, you have the first Latino, Latina serving in the presidential cabinet, coming back home and now representing and working in her local communities. And he helped me get transfer over. I I transferred over to her administration and started with her as like the startup county, her county administration. So I was her district director of the San Gabriel Valley. And I just hit the ground running. I had to know every elected official, every every council member, every school board member, every influencer, every big business owner, the president of the PTA from Pomona to Montebello and all the cities in between. And it was a lot of work and it was fun. And that's when I really built my network in the San Gabriel Valley. And then 
I just stumbled across this opportunity with the city, with South Almani. They had, uh, they were looking for, they just, unfortunately, their mayor went to prison. Their city manager at the time resigned right away. Their assistant city manager was the city manager then. And I, she hired me as her deputy city manager. And in this role, there are these like succession plans, you know, and, and the city just wasn't pleased with the new leadership, the new council. I started on the Monday before election day. And literally the the day after I started, the council just completely shifted and it was just new leadership. It was a new style, new expectations, and they wanted a fierce leader at the helm to now clean up. And so that's what I did. And I've been doing it and I've been very successful at it. And I'm very proud of where my city is right now. I've been able to assemble an executive team, a leadership team that believes in my vision and the city council's vision and how I approach, you know, problem solving. And they're right there. It's all hands on deck. And I love it. And I'm so proud of my team. I'm proud of the council for trusting us and pushing us and demanding results and good quality options for them to choose from. And I take my fiscal responsibility for my, those tax dollars that come from South Amani. I take that very serious down to the dollar. I mean, I am a major micromanager. <laughs> I'm all like, all right, amigas, check her out. Okay. <laughs> she knows how to handle her shit. Definitely. So, so yeah, it's, it's exciting. And again, I, I go back to Ernie has been there the whole journey whether he's here on earth or he's just in my heart, that love and and my foundation is just continuing to push me. And I, I see life differently. You know, life is short and I, I want to retire as early as I can. I want to pursue other things. I, I want to travel. I just went to Europe for the first time where I thought I was just going to be a typical like American, like, no, I only want to stay in America. I want to, I only want to visit places that have a Starbucks and a McDonald's on every corner. (laughs) Well, I, I, Europe has a Starbucks. I know they do now. (laughs) And McDonald's, which is funny because everything's translated in English. Everyone speaks English. Oh my gosh. It totally broke down that like fear of I'm not going to know the language. There's going to be a massive language barrier. What am I going to do? How am I going to travel? So I'm all in. I love it. There's so much more of life that I feel I'm going to experience. And it's exciting. But I still have to work my ass off right now. It's all good. It'll happen. It's fine. It will happen because you already put it into the universe. It will happen. It's already done. You Mm -hmm. just have to step into it, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I say. You know, if I want something, I just call my divine and I say, listen, this is what I want please make this happen. And I already know it's going to yes. happen. Yes. Girl. <laughs> you are teaching my language. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I love this. Oh my God. So see, you know, city management is not like the sexiest thing, but learning everything that you went through to get to there, you're making it your own language, your own way. And you're paving the word, paving the, <laughs> the road <laughs> for other, other amigas out there. Yes. And, and not to fear, you know, basically, you know, just keep on going and, and have your mentors because I, what I'm gathering from you is that your mentors 
have been so valuable in your life. Yes. Yes. Right. And I think amigas out there, when you're going to make a move, make sure you have someone to, to be there to support you Mm -hmm. because that's super important to make the next move. Right. And and I think they, I was a go-to because they knew I would deliver. They knew, oh, let me get Rachel in on this because she's going to kick ass. You know, she's going to. So I just started becoming a go-to on many projects and many things. And I'm still a, a mother, you know, I'm still a wife. I'm still, even back then I was a young single mother. And, and you know, it's funny, I, when I listened to Anna's episode, she talked about wanting to try to find the balance of everything. I want to be the perfect wife. I want to be the perfect mother. I want to be the perfect CEO and, you know, executive and boss lady and there truly is no perfect formula to find that balance. And we just have this natural, you know, way of thinking we can juggle a whole bunch of different things. And we actually do, but we can't be experts, experts at one thing. Cause you have to let go of something else. Like you can't have it all. It's, it sucks. And you know, my daughters still give me shit. They're 30 and 28 and they still give me shit about how I didn't spend so much time with them when they were like, you know, how I didn't make them cute little lunches for school and like girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Only if they knew. Yeah. Only if they knew. Yeah. And actually they have their own children now and they try to find babysitters and escape and do their little girl nights too. So I'm like, see, you need that. You need to go find your, you need to find self-love. You need to kind of break away, regroup, and then come back and be an amazing mother, amazing wife, you know, absolutely. Uh, It's necessary. Don't feel guilty. You know? Yes, absolutely. I always believe that we need to be selfish because the only way we can pour over is when you fill your cup first. Yep. You're right. You got to fill your cup first and then you can pour over to everybody else. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Girl, I love this. (laughs) So you're the go-to person because you also deliver person, right? Yeah. All right, amiga. So as we're getting near our end here, our conversation, I love this conversation. I always ask my guests if they could provide one or two tips on how an amiga can handle her shit. I'd love to hear your tips. Okay. First one, whatever city you live in, you must go on their website, download a council meeting agenda, because I'm sure most of you've never done that. And just read through it. Just read through it. Just look at the first few pages of what the agenda is. And then perhaps if something interests you, you know, you look at the background information for the item. And it's going to be overwhelming and a little confusing, but that will give you a glimpse of how your tax dollars are being spent by your local electeds. I think there's just a big disconnect and misunderstanding of how your city functions and works. So go read a council agenda. Just one. the last meeting or the upcoming meeting, everyone's virtual now, maybe even tune in and watch the discussion, you know, going on. I think people need to get better at understanding the decision-making process and who these decision-makers are representing them. So people should do a little bit of work with that. And my second tip is unapologetically drop the F-bomb whenever you can. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, music, but music to my ears. Music to my ears. 
Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, thank you, Jackie. This is so oh nice. What's crazy too. So amongst all of, you know, losing my husband and my job and everything, I was diagnosed with uterine cancer last year. And oh it was a very aggressive cell. We found it early and I had a hysterectomy and it didn't spread. And then it was like, it was gone. But just going, are you kidding me, God? Now this, what, what is my life going to be like now? And I'm so thankful that it was just quick. You know, they went in, they took it and gone. But that was another just roadblock. Like, okay, again, taking a huge time of absence away, recovering. And so we're going to have stuff in our lives all the time. And I think that thank the Lord for my friends who have just really carried me through these heartaches. Thank the Lord for my family and my daughters, you know, who are just amazing women who I can rely on and go to for anything. Yeah. Oh my my God. Amiga. Crazy. Wow. (laughs) Well, you know what? I think that this is, I love your vulnerability. And thank you so much for sharing that with us, because I'm sure there's a lot of amigas out there who are scared to go to see a doctor for fear of what is, they're having that pain, but they're delaying, 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 delaying. Because we self-diagnose, we go on Google and we sell medical, whatever we self-diagnose. And then we listen to our other friends and people tell us, and then we're like, okay, but if you are having very irregular periods, if you are having pain just go, just go. And thank God for my doctor who I went to. And I was thinking, oh, you know, whatever, maybe premenopause, blah, blah, blah. And she just kept exploring a little bit more, a little bit more. And that's what it was. And, and that, that is the wildest thing to hear that you have cancer. It's crushing. And I know some of your audience have experienced that too. And it is scary. And I'm just grateful that I wasn't, I didn't have to go through the, you know, post surgery, radiation and chemo, but yeah, go get checked out too. take care of your body, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, before this episode, I had OBGYN doctor from Texas and she was giving us the 411. Like you need to do this. You Mm -hmm. need to do this. Like you, it's like, there's so many preventative methods out there. You don't need to let it go. And so amigas, this is a classic, you know, classic case, right? You didn't let it go. You decided, okay, now I'm going to honor my body and I'm going to, I'm going to find out what is going on. And I was working so much and I didn't have time to go to the doctor. I didn't have time to go to the doctor, you know, but because of my husband's health, I thought, okay, well, I have to, I have to do this, you know, for my kids now, for him. And, and I had surgery on his birthday. So he passed the following year on his birthdays. That was the only, the soonest only day that I could have surgery. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, Ernie, please don't call me to heaven with you. <laughs> during yeah. No, he was, but, he was, but then again, it was like, he was there, you know, he was he, there overseeing. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So bizarre. You know, just all those little weird things. Well, you know, it's that there are no coincidences in life. Yeah. yeah. Ever. Yeah. Because if you're divinely led, there's never a coincidence. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. seeking. It's just being curious. I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean? Right? How can I best serve with that information? 
Mm. How can I do that? So I love this. Thank you so much, so much, Rachel, for being here at Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. Thanks, Jackie. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. If anything resonates with you today, please share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.